welcome to One Win Presents. Brian, your host here, and I'm honored to bring you an exciting episode today. I had the opportunity to speak with the one and only Kevin Crown, the natural-born club killer and living legend. He is taking the DJ world by storm, and with his electrifying shows, his carnivals, and his live streams, we'll learn about his journey to becoming a legendary figure in the DJ industry and how his accomplishments have shaped him into the man he is today. So buckle up and get ready for an unforgettable episode of One Win Presents as I chat with the legendary Kevin Crown himself. Brian, your host here at One Win Presents. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? Brian, your host here. I am here with the man himself, the living legend, the natural-born club killer himself, Mr. Kevin Crown. Kevin, thank you very much for coming over here today. I got to appreciate it. Tell me real quick, how you doing, man? How's everything been? I know you're a busy, busy man nowadays. You got a lot of things lined up. Tell me what a day in the life of Kevin Crown is from the moment you wake up, how busy it is, what you're doing, what you got going on. Um, first of all, I just want to say, you know, thank you for just taking the time to, to sit with me in my environment. Um, but a day in the life, average day um, on a Monday, Monday through Friday, you know, I do my morning show. You know, the biggest, the baddest, the modest, the goddess, the craziest morning show on Twitch. So the first thing I do, you know, I wake up and get my daughter ready for school. Um, shout out to Kennedy. She's uh, in kindergarten right now, actually pre-K. And um, I get her ready for school, you know, give her a bath, help her brush her teeth put on her clothes, put on her mask, walk, walk her to school. I come back, I get my breakfast, I turn on all my computers, and uh, I get ready to stream. And uh, I do my Twitch show from 9 to 12. At 12 o'clock, if I don't go overtime, you know, I eat again, uh, take a little rest. 3 o'clock from 3 to 6, I'm on uh, regular radio. Shout out to WZOP, WZPP in Florida. After that, 6.15, I'm in the gym till about 10 o'clock. And then I repeat Monday through Friday. Um, Friday, depending on if I, have, if I have a gig. If not, you know, I spend some time, quality time um, with the missus. And then usually what happens, I away on the weekends. So I fly in, I fly out. So whatever destination I got to play, that's what's going on. So that's Monday through Friday. Then on the weekends, that's normally what happens. It's a busy, busy life. You know, I don't, I don't know if I'd be able to withstand my relationship with a <laughs> busy life like that. But shout out to you, man. That's really, really good. I'm very, very happy that you're doing these things. And, you know, not only just doing these things, but you're doing something that you love. And I've seen your work and I've seen how you've been with people in the crowd and everything. And I got to give you a big shout out for that because it's, it's everything that you want in a DJ to represent. And just tell me, like, what made you want to come up to this point to become a DJ yourself? Well, when I first started uh, DJing, I was 12 years old. Um, I had no aspirations of being like a, a, a celebrity or, or popular. I did it for the love of music. Um, I first The first time I saw a record was my father. He wasn't a DJ to say he was going out and getting gigs. That's just the way he listened to music. He liked to play records and you know spin them back and forth. I wanted to go outside and play basketball, but growing up in a rough area of Brooklyn, Brownsville, Brooklyn, my mother didn't let me go outside. So, you know, after playing my toys and video games, when I wanted to listen to music, I started doing what I saw my father do. And then I started realizing, you know, if I put these records together and press record, I can make my own mixtapes. And that's how it started. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, let me ask you real quick, like, like how young was that? I was 12, 12, 12 years old at the time when I first started 
that the, the first spark of actually DJing came up. It was 12 years old. That, that's a beautiful age. From 12 years old and continually doing this right now, that's, that's very, very good. Uh, so we just recently went through a pandemic, and we're practically still going through it right now. Tell me real quick of how did that help or how did that hurt you? Um, I can't say, you know, it hurt me, man. It, um, you know, right now, I think everything that's, that, that, that is coming to me right now is a result of my, you know, my perseverance through the pandemic. Um, when I first recognized that it was going to be a problem for my career is when they shut down the NBA. They shut down the NBA on a Wednesday um, in March. The next day, you know, I went to the grocery store because I said, I think I probably should stock up on some supplies. And I remember being in the grocery store for about three hours. And, you know, then they said schools were getting shut down. And then they said, you know, people, you guys don't have to pay your bills. <laughs> and I was like, hold on. And then everything started getting shut down. Shut down. And that, and that point in 2020, I was booked until November in March. And, you know, for the first day, for like 12 hours, I was panicking. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to survive? How am I going to feed my family? And I, you know, I did a, a stream. I did a Zoom party. And it winded up being uh, 45,000 people who watched it. They were on Facebook. They were on Zoom. They were on Instagram. And it winded up being 45,000 people. And... I had streaming capabilities down here, but because I was touring for so many years, it was just connecting dust. So I came down here and I really looked around and I just started doing my research and updating on the firmware. And I, I developed this, this show. The uh, first time I did it, all I did was I'm going to play music in the morning time because all the DJs were streaming at night. And I said, you know, I, I do not want it. It was just like everybody was hopping from club to club to club to club to club. I said, I want to do something for the people who have to wake up in the morning. And I did it. And then I asked them, should I do it again? And two years later, I've been doing it Monday through Friday. And, you know, I've built a following. You know, um, I've I've been recognized by, from, like, people from Questlove to uh, Little John, you know, have seen me on his platform, um, Serato, you know, thousands hundreds of thousands of people have seen me dj all over the world um with me um just you know staying the course and not being complacent and just keep trying to just just innovate and innovate and innovate so you know for me the pandemic was it was it was it was it was amazing for me what what came out of the pandemic it was crazy man See, times like that can uh, make you or break you, and I'm glad that it made you where you are. Speaking about the streaming capabilities, I noticed you're very, very big on Twitch right now. So uh, this is a wonderful studio where we are right now, and I see everything happens in the comfort of your home. So tell me a little bit about your Twitch. So um, Twitch was one of the last platforms I streamed on. I started on Instagram, like most of the DJs. Um, at a time, I was doing Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And then Twitch was just like the little stepchild that nobody paid attention to. And, you know, Instagram obviously has a lot of issues because it's not a streaming platform. It's a social media. And we kind of hack and tweak things to be able to stream on it. And one day I got fed up and I said, I'm not doing Instagram anymore. And YouTube would cut you off because copyright and Facebook, the same thing. And I said, you know what, I'm going to try Twitch. And... I started noticing I was getting 100 followers every single day for like a month. I was like, 
I could do this. And Twitch would never cut you off. It had the, the, the best interface. Um, the community was amazing. The way DJs could support DJs and just streamers in general general was uh, unique. And, you know, I was just able to to innovate that platform and push it to the limit. And, you know, um, when I say the biggest, the baddest, the modest, the gladdest, the craziest, you know, it's no it's I'm not I'm not trying to say I'm the best, but I, 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 I definitely say I'm the most unique streamer on Twitch when it comes to music. I will say that. I've noticed your Twitches and uh, I must say it it's very well. I love how you're engaged with your audience. You, you know, you give your shout outs, you speak to people, you know, you mention their names. And I think also that's what helps draw in the community more and more because, you know, you're interacting with the people because what you're doing is not only for yourself, but you're doing it for the people around you, which is very, very great. So I respect that very, very much. And um, next up, sorry, chair. <laughs> so uh, I know along with everything else that you do in life, which are, which are DJing, which are, uh, your kids, you seem to be married and everything, but I've also noticed that you're a fourth degree black belt. So yes. tell me about that. I'm very interested. So, you know, it's like, um, you know, they have yin and yang. Yeah. You know, that's my balance. Um, you know, people have said, you know, we, we thought you would be like, like, like kind of like arrogant and kind of like a, you know, an a-hole and kind of like, like, um, like cocky, but you're very down to earth yeah. and, you know, Right along with, with um, DJing, martial arts has also been, you know, my, my love and my passion. Uh, I started doing Taekwondo when I was 14. Um, I would have did it earlier, but, you know, unfortunately, my parents didn't have the means to send me to school. So when I got an opportunity to go on my own, I took it and I grabbed, I grabbed onto it. Um, you know, it didn't last long when I was 14, but when I was able to uh, have some sort of income on my own, I went back to class, and then I had to make a choice. And, you know, um, at the time, I was dancing in music videos, I was DJing, I was, uh, I was working, I was doing Taekwondo, and Taekwondo, um, after, uh, after a little injury, um, I left it alone for eight years. And, you know, um, something happened in my life that it, 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 it made me... Uh, want to go back to it and I went back to it and uh, I, I got grand championships you know I um, I got my I'm, I'm a fourth degree black belt right now at the time I wasn't a black belt I was a blue belt I achieved my black belt I started teaching and you know that is um, more than just fighting and the physical abilities it 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 it, 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 it shaped my character in a different way and I think the uh, the the dedication and the discipline I got from the martial arts, it permeated into my, the rest of my life, which is why I was able to do what I did in the pandemic because I had that discipline and I had that, you know, mentality that, you know, it, it's small steps. There's no giant steps. There's no miracles that gets, you know, um, people to a special place in their life. You know, it's small steps that people don't see, you know, and when you cross a threshold, people are like, wow. How'd you do that? But they don't see the small steps every day. So it's, um, you know, it's like, it's, that's like my balance, you know? That's very, very nice. I see your passion for your, uh, for your karate and everything, but uh, maybe any talks about opening a little something so you can like teach others in the community? See, um, as you probably know, when you have your own business, if you're not there, yeah. you know, all the time, your business is going to fail. Yeah. So that is, 
you know, my long-term goal to actually open, you know, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a school or a fitness center or a wellness center, but some something in the community, you know, um, by, by now a lot of people know about, you know, my martial arts and they know about, you know, my fitness enthusiasm. And people ask me all the time, and, you know, unfortunately – um, it's, it's something my uh, grandmaster used, used to say, and he says, and it stick, sticks with me. You know, when you're a champion or striving to be a champion, you got to be selfish. You know, when you're trying to get a championship, you can't worry about other people. You got to worry about yourself. When you are a master, you create champions. So I go in and out of that space where either I'm the champion or striving to be that champion or I'm the master. So right now, I'm the champion striving to keep my championship. So I cannot open a school to help other people at this time because I don't I, I have to be I have to be selfish with my time because I'm still developing my legacy. When whenever or whatever I see in my life that says, Okay, Kevin, you know, the touring has to stop or, you know, Kevin, you've done enough. Now it's the next part of your life. Cause don't get it twisted. This is just for a time. You know, um, entertainers, DJs, you know, actors, you know, everybody. You know, when you're, when you're of, of a certain statue, it's just for a time. And it's unfortunate when people do not know when they're over the hill. <laughs> I don't want to be one of those guys that is, yo, why is he still doing this, yeah. man? He don't look good. He don't sound good. He's, he's tired. He's, you know, I, I want to, I wanna, you know, bow out on the top. And then pass the baton or develop other champions, you know. And that's when I'll, you know, open up my business and open up my school. And that is my long-term goal. But at this point, I can't do it right now. I get you. I totally, totally understand. But I look forward to it. If you have anything up, uh, coming up in the future, I would definitely, definitely look forward to it. It would be a great, great opportunity. And everybody goes through changes in life every now and then. So we do it just for the better, all right? With all the music coming out nowadays, I know it's it's hard to keep up with everything. How do you keep up with your latest music trends? Honestly, I'm uh, I love music. I love music, and I think that's what I think that's what keeps me good. You know, I think there are. I'm not calling any names, and if it doesn't um, apply, let it fly. I think there's guys that's doing it who who do it more for what they get out of it than in love with the music. I love the music. It's if you see me play music. You could tell I'm into it. I love what I play. So I'm a fan first. So when, you know, there's a, a new Kess or a new Vibes Cartel or a new Marshall or a new anything, I'm on it. And I wanna and I wanna listen to it. And because I play music seven days a week, somewhere in some capacity, you know, like for my for instance, my Twitch show, there's been instances where artists will send me a song and all I'll do is cue it up. Won't even listen to it, and I'll play it, and I will fall in love with the song as the people are listening to it and get the energy from the song. And this has happened quite a few times. So, um, you know, this is this is also my business. You know, so, um, you know, I got I to gotta be about my business. You know, it's like asking a stockbroker, you know, how he keeps up with the latest stock trends. This is his bread and butter. You know, so if I want to keep, if I want to keep on top, I gotta know what's going on, from 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 it hits the streets. I gotta know. I just shout out to my brother Problem Child and shout out to all the artists. They send me um projects directly, 
So I as as they come out, like I'll get I'll get a project four thirty in the morning, wake up and see it there, and I'll download it and I'll listen and I'm ready to spin it. So um, you know, I'm a fan first, so it's never hard. You know, obviously there's music can uh break different ways. So there's the TikToks, there's the Instagrams, you know, there's things that's going on in other countries and that's why it's important to 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 you you can't be in a bubble. You can't, just because I'm in New York City, I can't just worry about what's going on in New York. I got to know what's going on everywhere. Oh, this is going on in St. Lucia? This is going on in Trinidad? This is going on in Africa? This is going on in Jamaica? This is going on, and then, then sometimes, you know, you create the culture. Sometimes you're curators of the culture, but sometimes you create the culture, too. So it's it's just about being flexible. Like Bruce Lee said, you got to be water, <laughs> you know? Very well said, very well said. And speaking about music... Uh, is there one particular song that you have that you know, if I play this song right now and I drop this song, it's just going to make everybody go crazy? Well, it, 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 it's all about the reading your crowd. You know, um, you, you got to know your crowds. What works in New York won't work in, in Florida. What works in Jamaica won't work in Trinidad. What works in Grenada won't work in in, 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 in um St. Vincent, and, and it goes on and on. So you got to know when to drop what. I do know the records, like every people are calling me, that's St. Lucia calling me right now. People, people, um, for, for, for the most part, it's always about the crowd first. So I can't say one crowd because that same song that could move 5,000 people, I could go to another venue where 10,000 people would look at me like, we don't know this, Kevin. <laughs> you know, so you you definitely gotta you gotta read your crowd, and you gotta you gotta read your crowd. You gotta know your music. I can't just say one because I, I play for a lot of different kinds of people, so I can't. I, it's it's never just one song, but that is also, you know, the the cracking the code is 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 is, 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 is fun for me, actually figuring out, yo, what can what can I do to move them, and then, you know, I'm not gonna say. I've had a thousand. Every DJ has failed in some capacity, you know. But you gotta know. You gotta know how to recover. You don't. You don't know. You don't panic, but you gotta know how to recover. You know. Um, it's just like a comedian. There's every comedian told a joke and everybody just <laughs> and it, nobody's laughing. So you gotta know how to recover. So it's um, it's all part of the game. It's all part of the craft. And I, you know, I'm never go there with with a, a preconceived notion that yo this song is gonna destroy the crowd because the crowd in front of me may may not be the crowd in my head. So nah, it's not one song. I get it. No, that's very very well said. Um, <clears throat> speaking about that, excuse me. What do you have upcoming in the near future? What kind of projects do we have to look forward to you from Mr. Kevin Crown that we have that we can go to, we can see you, or what big things you have coming up? Well, before the pandemic, um, I was on tour. I was getting ready to go into my third or fourth year of, like, full touring. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was put on hold. Um, and as the, pa the, uh, the, the, the mandates are getting lifted, um... You know, my calendar's full. Yeah. I'm full all, almost up to September. So I saw it. I was like, I, I got a little tour. So the tour that me and, the, you know, the Crown Army, that's the, the community on Twitch, shout out to the Crown Army. I said, what should I call the tour? And they said, call it the Journey Tour. Yeah. 
So, you know, it's the, the, the phrase now is follow the journey. Because sometimes the journey is better than the destination. So, you know, that's, you know, the journey tour, um, you know, is my is my focus right now, getting back on the tour. Even though I've been traveling, I never really stopped playing outside. You know, we, we were doing our little, we were doing our thing, you know, but this is different. You know, this feels different. This is, you know, this is the main stage. This is the big crowds. This is, um, this is not quarantine life anymore. And, you know, I'm ready for it. You know, I don't think I, it's, it's, I don't think it's like a question of if I could do it. It's just, um, I just, I'm just ready to just go back out there. So, you know, follow the journey. That's where I'm on right now. Follow the journey. This is it. Let's do this. Uh, lastly, uh, I'd like to know, in all of your career and all of your time, what is the biggest highlight that you have, or maybe one thing that sticks out? Because I'll tell you one thing that I noticed you from you. <laughs> I noticed one thing from you was that uh, you did a segment for WPIX Channel 11, yeah. which I thought that was like super cool, being on the news, being on Channel 11. It's in New York. And I feel like that can help bring you up even more than where you are. So aside from that, even if it's the same thing, tell me what maybe was something for you. You, you know, it's funny, right? Um, you know, the opportunity came up very quickly um, with the news. And while I was doing it, it didn't, it didn't seem like much. But then social media was going absolutely crazy. Yo, why is Kevin Crown on the news? And I wasn't on the news for like five minutes. I was on the news every commercial break for like three, four hours. Mm -hmm. And I think what it, I think the producers or the, the program directors liked what I was doing. And they just like, Kevin, keep going, keep going, keep going. And it's funny, I got invited back the next week, but I had I was out of town. Oh, you know, um, shout out to them. Um, but that, that that I rarely even think about that. When you when people remind me of that, I was like, oh yeah, I was on I was on the news. You know, but um. That wasn't it, man. Um, one of the the highlights that I always talk about um, was Trinidad. I think it was 20, 2018. Um, shout out to my brother, Private Ryan, DJ Private Ryan. Yeah. This was Soka Brainwash, the 70s. So what was supposed to happen? This was my first Soka Brainwash Trinidad. It was 10,000 people. This was one of the biggest Soka Brainwash ever. And if you guys know, Soka Brainwash is about DJs. There are no artists. The artists are in the crowd partying. And there was tons of them, you know. And what was supposed to happen was, you know, uh, Barry Hype was, you know, his, his, his Private Ryan's other MC. He was supposed to start. They would bring me out later on, you know, to hype up the crowd as a surprise. But, you know, a DJ, he got sick. And Barry had to run on and MC for another DJ before Private Ryan. And the way entertainment goes, it was like, well, he's already on stage. He can't now reintroduce yeah. himself. So he's like, Kevin, you're up. So as I always do, um, I always say a prayer. And whoever I'm working with, I say a prayer with them. So I spoke with Ryan and I said, yo, bro, this is uh, the 70s. We got thousands of people dressed to the T in 70s attire. We're going to take a chance. He was like, yeah, boy. And, you know, the, the rule in Trinidad is nothing but soca. You cannot play. If you play anything but soca, yo, they, you're, you're going to feel it. And, you know, me being on the big stage, 
not being Trinidadian, you know, looking the way I look, I'm like, yo, bro, we're going to, we're going to take this risk and I have a transition to get out of it because you can't let them see you sweat. So if it doesn't work, got to have a plan. I told him the plan was Michael Jackson. Mama say, Mama say, Mama Kusa. Mama say, Mama say, Mama Kusa. I said, with that clap, we can go into bungee garland. Everybody let me see you clap your hands. Right? I've done it before. It's going to get them if it doesn't work. So we said our prayer. And what, one thing, cool thing about working with Private Ryan, I really don't know what he's going to play song to song. And I never go to his laptop. I just connect with the crowd. And that, that, from working with him all these years, that has made me a better MC, a better entertainer, just connecting with the crowd and not worrying so much about what he's playing. And then over the, we got to have like a synergy where we kind of just like connect. It's weird, right? So he did something. He played old Soka, got him, we rocking, and then he went into the disco. So I'm, I'm looking like, yo, we are going to lose some of these people, it's 10,000 people, it's Trinidad Carnival, some people are going to be mad, and you, you know, when you, when you go left like that with music, you always going to have people like, why are they doing that, play this soccer, but what happened is the crowd, it was like they was waiting for that, and they went crazy, and I'm looking, I'm like, keep going, bro, it's working, so then, at that point, and we was on stage for two and a half hours, at that point, I had an out-of-body experience, and I was like, I was watching myself from the crowd, and like, I get chills every time I see it, because everything was just like on, on autopilot. I started moving, and then I turned, and I said, yo, not the, the Mama Say Mama Saw, but the, the um, Michael Jackson period. So he went on Michael Jackson segment. I start dancing, and I start doing what I'm doing, and the crowd starts moving with me. So then, it was just a matter of time for the transition to happen. And when he dropped it, I already knew where he was going. And we didn't have to speak. We didn't have to nothing. And when we went back to Soka, the crowd went crazy. And we just took it up from there. That was a year, um, family, lay, 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 lay. that was a year that was, you know, that was going crazy. And, you know, I stage dive in the crowd. I, you know, we had a big afro. I threw the afro. Barry Hype came back on stage. And, you know, um... You know, it's 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 hard to say, but you know, when you're not from a country, it's kind of hard to get acceptance. You know, when you when you're a foreigner, you know, they they kind of analyze you and look at you different. You know, and when I did what I did on Soka Brainwash Stage, everybody knew me. You know, they knew I wasn't from Trinidad, and they didn't care. They was like, "Yo, you killed it." Some of, some DJs. You know, and DJs don't normally congratulate DJs in this way. They, I heard DJs saying, yo, I got goosebumps watching you, Kev. Artists, you know, big artists, they were telling me, yo, that was amazing. And, you know, we are our worst critics. And if you have a bad set or something you could have did better, when all the lights are, are gone and you're sitting in your car, you're sitting in your bed, you know, that that weighs on, it, on, a, on anybody. Yo, man, I could have did better, damn. But when you have a night like that, yo, it's like a kid before Christmas. I couldn't sleep. It was like I was floating because it was like everything you you wanted and more you got to do because I couldn't even plan that set. That was me, me, me and Ryan, we, we often talk about it. And because of that, you know, we had so much more epic 
performances because now it's like, yo, bro, if we could do that, we could do anything. Being a DJ requires a great deal of skill and dedication. The ability to bring people together and create a lively atmosphere is truly amazing. Unfortunately, DJs don't always receive the recognition that they deserve for the hard work and preparation that goes into their craft. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I'd like to thank you for tuning in. I'm Brian, your host here at One Win Presents. Don't go anywhere as we have an exciting show planned for you next week. Thank you for joining us at One Win Presents. Today's a mixture of dishes. Um, you can do some pepper lamb, pepper shrimp, um, some Thai red curry chicken, and also we're gonna do some Panang curry lamb. And uh, store fried vegetables, uh, authentic Thanksgiving pasta salad. We also have the traditional saltfish. So that's gonna be fried up with some cassava. Mm -hmm.